jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644. If you'd like to get involved, don't forget about our uh, text number that we discovered last week. 315 288 0644. We have one guest lined up for you today. He's coming your way in about 20 minutes from now. Mike McCann from WWMT in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Why are we having someone on from Kalamazoo, Michigan, you may ask? Well, that's SU's first opponent, Western Michigan, coming up two weeks from this Friday. They uh, are located in Kalamazoo, Michigan, so Mike McCann's going to fill us in on the Broncos. I realize it's a little early, maybe, to be talking Western Michigan, Seth, but we've talked so much SU. Decided to get a sneak peek on the Broncos today. And it's worth it. it. Why not? You and I have both been studying up a little bit on, on Western Michigan before the show. The more I read up on them... You're getting scared. You're getting spooked, uh, aren't you? I don't know about scared. Um, this is by no means a pushover, though, for Syracuse. Agreed? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I thought it was a, a pushover necessarily. I thought it was a game that, you know, Syracuse probably you, should go win. But You I see one of the directional schools, though. It's kind of like Middle Tennessee State yes. last year. You just say, well, they should win that game. Yes. And then you look you're a little Syracuse, bit closer. You're Syracuse, they're not. Right. You should win that game. And then you look a little bit closer, and you're like, huh, this team's pretty good. And in some ways, a mirror image of Syracuse in terms of what happened a year ago? Injuries ravaged that roster. They had 21 season-ending injuries. Western Michigan finished yeah. uh, one and three including down the stretch, including their quarterback. So you know Eric Dungy missed November. Um, Western Michigan's starting quarterback John Wasik he missed all of November as well. Uh, broke his collarbone, and it's a team that gave Michigan a scare last year. Gave USC a scare last year. Look, to your point, they do look a lot like Syracuse. They had a lot of injuries at the end of the year and tailed off. They scored a lot of points. They averaged better than 33 points per game. So they sound a lot like Syracuse, right? They they had a lot of issues, but they scored a bunch of points. They won six games, and, and on they go. Um, you know, it is now year two of Tim Lester there, and, and whatever that means, that means. Um, I think it's intriguing. I think it's a good game to throw on your schedule. Um, would I prefer that Syracuse started with it? Maybe not. And I, I think that that has kind of been my thought the whole way, uh, especially considering it's it's on the road. Like, maybe start with Wagner and then go to go to Western Michigan. Uh, but, you know, it, it, that's how you built your schedule. And, and I think it's going to be a good test uh, for Syracuse coming out of the gate. Now, I think it's a game that they should win. I'm not going to back off that. Like, you're an ACC school that has hopes of making a bowl game, and if you want to do that, you win this game. But with that being said, 
maybe it's a little bit more of a test than we thought it was initially when we look at the schedule. You said Western Michigan scores a lot of points. That is indeed true. Under P.J. Fleck uh, back in 2014, averaged 34 points per game. Went up to 36 the following year. Then in 2016, 41.5 points per game. That was the year that Western Michigan went 13-1. and Then Tim Lester uh, takes over after P.J. Fleck departs. And you know they went down a little bit in terms of their scoring average, about 34 points per game last year. But they only returned five starters on offense. This year they have seven starters back, as we mentioned, including their quarterback. It's a team that's dangerous. And we saw last year with Middle Tennessee State. And, and the reason it... I compare the two is that they're both mid-majors. Yes. Uh, They both have a head coach who has ties to Syracuse. Or coach that does. Schaefer wasn't the head coach. Right. Sorry. Yes. They both have... They have major ties I was thinking Schaefer was the head coach here, but yes, right. They both have coaches who have ties to Syracuse. And they... Listen, they've both got, obviously, weapons, and they can score a lot of points. We saw Middle Tennessee score a lot of points in the Dome last year. I think it is going to be a challenging opener. You look at at the Las Vegas line for what that's worth. It opened at six. Uh, recently, I saw it at five and a half. You know, Vegas sees this as a one possession game, and does that worry me a little bit? If I'm an SU fan, uh, yeah, I, I think you know you, you got to be cautiously optimistic with the season ahead. That's what Adam Terry said yesterday. He's cautiously optimistic about the season. This is a a tough one to start with, though. Yeah. Uh, to your point, I think you'd prefer to, to get Wagner out of the way, you know, shake off the rust, and then have a real game and go on the road. They're going to be hit with a road game against a, a pretty good mid-major right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, last year they got that that FCS school right off the bat. You would you would like to see that, and I, I think that in a perfect world, that's what you would do. Now, I think that this schedule was made, as is next year's and the years after, I think these schedules were all made with Carrier Dome renovations in mind, and hey, we might need to put the finishing touches on this building um, so that it's playable and usable for week one of of a home slate. So I I understand why they're playing on the road, but with that, and you're not going to go play an FCS school on the road, right? Like you're absolutely not doing that. So I understand why that's happening, but with that being said, I think you would rather have that that FCS game first. I, I mean, we talked about this last year. You don't get a preseason. Right, so you you would like to get that one game, uh, work out the the kinks, shake the rust off, and then get out there for for your real first challenge. I'm curious what you think of this because I know we talked about this last year with the Middle Tennessee State game. When you're Syracuse and you're trying to go to a bowl game, this is the kind of game you win, right? Like Middle Tennessee State, Western Michigan. Like, this is one of those games that you need to win. I mean, look at Syracuse's schedule this year and, and tell me this isn't one of six wins if they're going to go to a bowl game. Are they, do you feel the same about the Central Michigan game, uh, the Western Michigan game? And and is this a game that is so vitally important that they lose it and you 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 lose hope? Or is it just, hey, it's one of 12 and yeah, that might be one of the more winnable ones and that might be one of those ones that's on a, you know, a path to a bowl game, um, but you you know you you feel like your chances are lessened by losing it, but it's it's still alive. Like I know last year after we came in, when we came in here after the Middle Tennessee State game, it felt like a funeral for the season. Like, are we going to be doing that week one if they were to go out there and lose? 
It's an interesting point, and I know that prior to last season, you know, we did this exercise and we said, what's the most important game on the schedule? And you could make a strong case last year, even before it was played, that the Middle Tennessee State game was the most important game on the schedule because it was one of those swing games, but it was a swing game that you had to win. Right. And you felt like if you lost, and especially that early in the year, it would set the tone and it would be hard to come back from. Now, mathematically, you know, obviously... It's it's so early in the year that it's possible to come back and and you know if Eric Dungey doesn't get hurt last year you know who knows I mean they had Wake Forest and Boston College on the schedule down the stretch he did Things not play change. in those games yeah and you know they they obviously did not win um, but if Dungey is playing and you have Wake Forest and BC at home can you win those two games and, and get to six and six and go to a bowl game even with that loss to Middle Tennessee obviously. So I'm not going to say that the season is over if they lose to Western Michigan, but to your point, if we were to look at this schedule again and say, what's the most important game on the schedule, you could, I'm not saying the answer is Western Michigan, but you could make a strong case for Western Michigan to set the tone. It is a swing game. You do need it to add up to six wins. You assume you're going to beat Wagner, obviously going to beat Wagner the next week. There's a big difference between 2-0 and 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 1-1. There right. is, especially no, there when is. you're you're a team that's gone four and eight, you know, the last three years. Right, you're halfway to your win total over the you know in each of the last three seasons. So like, there's a big difference there, and 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 I, you know, you hate to throw something like that on the first game of the year because like realistically, that's not fair, right? Like realistically, it's not fair to say, hey, week one is so important that if you lose it, the rest of the season's a bust because there's still eleven games left, and like. Yeah, they could go beat Wagner and maybe Florida State if they pull off something good at home and Connecticut, and all of a sudden they're three and one, and 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 you're feeling good about the season. And that game against Western Michigan isn't all that big a deal that you lost it. Like you would like to have it because then you have four wins out of the gate, but like you still have your goals in front of you, you know. So it's it's weird to say that and and put that kind of emphasis on that game. But when you look at last year's game against Middle Tennessee State, I mean, that was week two. You know, that was week two of the season. And we were coming in here that next Monday, and Julian and I were doing postgame, and it felt like a lost season already. So, like, I, I don't know. Is It obviously isn't too early to, to kill a season, right? Well, again, they, they could have still gotten to a bowl game last year. And I understand what you're saying, and, and you're right now. I think last year's Syracuse team was better than we thought it was going to be. You know, the LSU game turned into a winnable game. And going into LSU, we all said, there's no chance. There's no chance they're going down to, to Death Valley and Baton Rouge and they're winning that game. Right. And they gave themselves a chance. And then Clemson comes to town, you know, with national title hopes. And, and we all said the same thing. There's no chance they're beating Clemson. They went out and they beat Clemson. And then they nearly knocked off Florida State and Miami and, and nobody expected that. So teams can evolve and teams can surpass expectations. Now, it, it's funny to say that a 4-8 and eight team surpassed expectations, but that was better than the team we expected to see. Like, that team last year yes. was better than the team we expected to see. I agree with you. So is it possible to lose to Western Michigan and then, you know, maybe they win a couple of games that, that you wouldn't expect them to win? A lot of toss-up games on the schedule in the ACC this year. Pittsburgh. Wake Forest. I think Louisville is now a toss-up game. It's a home game, and Lamar Jackson's not there. BC is certainly a toss-up game. That's four in conference, and then Connecticut and Wagner. I mean, that gets you to six. Now, you lose to Western Michigan, it removes some of the margin for error. So I don't don't think you can say it's a a do-or-die game, 
but it's an awfully important game. You look at the schedule, you say, this team has to be 3-1 and one coming out of, of the month of September. And if you lose that one, 3-1 and one coming out of the month of September is, is going to be awfully uh, difficult to accomplish. Yeah, and, and Steve, I, I was going to say, I'm looking at the schedule again, and I'm going to highlight two games, and, and it's Florida State and Louisville. And, and that might sound crazy, but... I think those are going to turn into two pretty important games as this Syracuse schedule unfolds. They're both home games. You get Florida State early with a new head coach, and I know you've had trouble, uh, you as a program, you've had trouble with this head coach, but you get them in a new coach uh, with a quarterback coming back from injury or a quarterback who just wasn't very good last year behind center, and maybe you can make something happen early in the season. The Louisville game on a Friday night, no Lamar Jackson, and there's things going on there, so... I, I look at those two games and, and, and highlight them as, as kind of these um, these more important games than, again, than maybe we would, you would think typically, oh, Syracuse, Florida State, whatever, like, just, just chalk it up. I, I think that these games could really be swing games. It feels winnable. Florida like that, State feels winnable, yes. and that's the first time you could say that That's the first time you could say Syracuse that since they joined the ACC. Joined the ACC. Um, it feels winnable. I'm not necessarily predicting well, a win over year. Florida State, but... Not at this no. point. Not at this point, it didn't feel winnable. But before we got, by the time we got to game week, that felt winnable. Yeah, right. Because Florida State struggled miserably and didn't have its starting quarterback. And but I, I didn't expect them to win that game, and and they were right in it and had a had a good chance. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Steve in North Syracuse kicking us off today on the show. Hey, Steve. Yeah, uh, the, the Western Michigan game is the sort that I really hate because uh, um, I don't think we'd get that much credit for winning it, but we could very easily lose it. Uh, so uh, there's not a lot to be gained. There may be a Midwest presence for recruiting, something like that, and it's a really tough game to open up the season. But I do remember last year we had the loss to Middle Tennessee, and a month later we were beating Clemson. So I don't think that the season necessarily hinges on that. What I would like to see, and I, I think it would be doable because we this is the way we used to do it all the time, uh, we could open up the season with Colgate. Now, it wasn't always the opening game, but for decades, Colgate and Syracuse played every year in Archibald Stadium. That would be an FCS team, but a much more interesting one than Wagner or Stony Brook or Rhode Island. Then the second game of the season could be a home-and-home with Army. I don't know why we don't have a regular season with Army. Well, there is one coming up. They're they're starting to do that. And and Steve, I think that we, we, we... Brushed on it a little bit, but the next couple of years they're playing road openers, and I think that's because they were expecting at some point dome renovations, and you got to give an extra week just in case things go wrong. Okay, well, but I, the, the ultimate thing that they, that I'd like to see them do after that's done is start out uh, dome opener with Colgate, home and home with Army, and then play a MAC or Conference USA team, and then play somebody from one of the other Power Five conferences and then go into the ACC schedule. I think, I think a lot that of people makes would much like that. more sense. It would be much easier each year because you've got only two games that are up in the air. And uh, I think Colgate would do that, and I don't see why Army wouldn't do that. Yeah, Steve, I think a lot of people would sign up for that schedule. If you, if you got uh, a Colgate type, an Army, uh, you know somebody like Western Michigan as your third, and then like a Maryland as your fourth. I think I think people would sign up for that schedule on a heartbeat. We've had this debate quite a bit over the course of the last couple of years. You know, do you schedule a NLSU for instance, or a Wisconsin, or do you you know back off that a little bit 
and and give yourself a fighter's chance against uh you know a, a lower level uh power five team like Kansas or yeah I, yeah I guess Maryland you know Maryland fits the bill um, I mean Kansas is the worst power five team I know, there that's is why so, I said, that's why I said Kansas like I, I took a step up from Maryland <laughs> <laughs> from, from Kansas um, yeah I think that's that's probably the way to go I personally I love you know seeing the, the them test themselves against the LSU's yeah. and you know Wisconsin's of the world but I guess until they're they're ready to win those games, then maybe you got to back off a little bit, which is you know partly why they got out of that series with Wisconsin. Back to the phone lines. Uh, Dom and Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Dom. Hey, guys. As is the case every year, Syracuse ends up yucking one up that they should have won. It happens every year. We get one loss that just it, it, it boggles the mind. Um, which one's that this year? The one that they, it, 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 you've chalked up the beginning of the year as a win, and uh, they just don't come with it that weekend. What do you think is the one this year? That's a good question, Dom. Is it Western Michigan or is it Connecticut? <laughs> those are the two, right? Those are the two. Is it Western Michigan or is it Connecticut? And and I think I think those are, I, I think those are really the the two games that you would say, hey, these should probably be wins. And 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 like for whatever reason, because it's Syracuse football and they do this, they're going to lose. There are three games on the schedule that I think you say they're. Syracuse is supposed to win these games, and it's Western Michigan, Wagner, and Connecticut. They're not losing to Wagner, so right. yeah, I think you hit the the two. I mean, could you throw North Carolina in that category? A team that you should should beat. beat? I, I throw and North Carolina. Eh, I throw North Carolina in the. It's a toss. It's a game. little bit up. Yeah. it's a step. Above. I mean, it's a game that again, you know. I think predicting Syracuse to win is different than they should win. Or as Steve put it, a game that you're not going to get a lot of credit for for winning, right. but you would you know get crushed for losing it. That's a perfect the f- description the of the Western in Michigan. Those category game, by the way. are Western Michigan, UConn, and Wagner. You can't lose those games. You don't get much credit for winning them, but you can't lose them. Um, to answer to answer Dom's question, I, I think the answer probably is Western Michigan because it's a road game, because it's the first game, because I think Western Michigan is dangerous enough. UConn stinks. And they're not yes. losing to Wagner. So if I had to pick between those three, I think the the overwhelming choice for me anyway would be Western Michigan. Not saying they're going to lose the game, I think but of the win, three, I think yeah. it's it's the most likely game to lose. I think is that Western Michigan game. We do need to take our first time out, as I mentioned. Mike McCann from WWMT in Kalamazoo, Michigan, joins us next. Keep it here. Orange Station just getting started on ESPN Radio. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by the Bill Rapp Superstore. Stephen Fonte, Seth Goldberg with you as we welcome in our producer, Max Burgandy, for today's business. How are you today, Max? I'm great. How are you? You're great. I'm great. Sun's shining. What's, uh, Is what's not to like about today? That came out a little bit. The sun's been shining all morning. Yeah. Maybe I just didn't notice. I think you just didn't notice. What do you got for us today? Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Funny interview with GQ the magazine yesterday. Some of this doesn't even make Unless sense. Unless you're Doug Marone, in which case it's not so funny. Or Tom oh. Coughlin. <laughs> or Tom yeah, Coughlin. Or Tom. I bet Tom Coughlin is loving this interview so, coming out. Jalen Ramsey's suspended until Monday, but that didn't stop him from weighing in on the league's quarterbacks. In uh, an article... Specifically spoke out against Bill's rookie quarterback, Josh Allen, calling him trash, and then proceeded to go off on the rest of the league. Um, so let's hear his opinion. So I have a list of the quarterbacks that Some were mentioned. Some of these are funny. Uh, Josh Allen, quote, he's trash. Baker Mayfield, gets how he was a top pick. Lamar Jackson, he's going to do a good job. Flacco, he sucks. Rodgers, doesn't suck. Brady, doesn't suck. Tyrod Taylor, underrated. 
Goes on to say, well, he picked Deshaun Watson, actually, to be a future MVP and Carson last Wentz. season before Watson got hurt. And he says Carson Wentz will also be a future MVP. Um, Can I give you my two My favorites? funniest one, I think, is Eli Manning by saying Odell makes him. Like, he just completely disregarded the two Super Bowls he won without Odell Beckham Jr. The decade-long borderline <laughs> Hall of Fame career he had before Odell Beckham but Jr. But Odell Beckham Jr. makes yeah. Eli Manning. I mean, maybe at this point. Uh, can I give you my two favorites? Uh, yeah. Kirk Cousins is a winner because, you know, there are so many games out there that Kirk Cousins has gone and won. Wait, according and, to Steve, and, though, if you can throw for 500 yards, you can win football games in the NFL. I don't, like, I don't like. I don't like. I don't like Kirk Cousins. I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't far, like Kirk I, Cousins either. I, I don't think he's very good. I think he's a far better business person than he is a quarterback. Like I just don't think he's very good. Uh, and then he's asked about Blake Bortles, who he can't trash because he's on his own team, and he says playoff Blake is good. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he's terrible. But I can't say anything bad about him, and he won us a couple playoff games last year. It's like saying he's a game manager, right? We all know what oh, that means. Yes. Not That's a very so good derogatory. Yeah, he, uh, he said he doesn't think Andrew Luck or Andrew Luck quote don't think he's good. Uh, Tommy just showed me a tweet from Ian Rappaport this morning. Andrew Luck had a one thirty eight passer rating against Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> <laughs> and he still doesn't think he's good. Um, this is just funny to me. I mean, this is like kind of what the league needs right now. I think during training camp when you know it's boring and there's not much going on and. It's kind of like exactly what it's like the NBA, like why we love the NBA because exactly. of all the drama. Like this is just adding to the animosity of the league as it is. And I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think of this? I think it's funny. I mean, I do too. I think it's pretty funny. I think it's pretty entertaining. Um, like you would probably hope that your best player doesn't do this. But it's like but Richard Sherman did. did. So, and now right. Richard Sherman started that whole. I'm not going to say new wave, but it used to, like, cornerbacks never used to be the trash talkers, well, and now it's become a different... Deion Sanders? Yeah, well, that's yeah what I was, was going to say. say. Other than Deion Sanders, I mean, it typically was the bigger guys, you know, your big star D lineman, and, you know... I I remember watching, and I wish I remember which analyst said, and I think there were a bunch over the years who have said this on ESPN, the further you get from the ball, like on the line of scrimmage, the louder these ple- the, the the players get... So like the the center isn't gonna go and say anything, right? right. Like who's the like offense? Jeff Saturday is right. not gonna who's come he out. Trash talking. Like... <laughs> uh, you know who's the left tackle trash talking? But get out to Terrell Owens and and Deion Sanders and and those guys on the outside and Randy Moss and you will hear a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even gonna say that he's digging his own grave because he is a phenomenal cornerback and the Jags defense is really good. But this could just blow up in his face and. I kind of hope it does. I kind of hope. I was just gonna say. I kind of hope it does. Kind of like I hoped it did with Richard Sherman when he started that whole like trash talking saga with the Seahawks a couple years back. Kind of did blow up in his face. Didn't it, it did kind of blow up in his face, and he gained a lot of haters for that. I mean, like, and it fueled him. Obviously, he was phenomenal in his tenure there, but it did blow up in his face a little bit. Kind didn't of. He trash the, the the Niners a bunch, which is just ironic. And now. Ironic, yeah. Now that he's going there. I said this about Tim Lester earlier in the show. I said one of the reasons I really like Tim Lester is that he just he calls it like he's it and he's honest and he says what's on his mind. Um Is this that so, scenario hang though? On, <laughs> hang on. So like with with this story, like those of us in the media, like we we like it when athletes and coaches just say what they think and they don't, you know, have their guard up and they don't sugarcoat things. 
So from you know from that aspect, like you said, is it funny? Yes, it's funny. My question though would be. Like why? Like right? <laughs> like Tim Lester's never going to throw one of his players under a bus, right. and not that Jalen Ramsey, you know, is is necessarily teammates with any of these guys. I mean, he, you know, he danced around the Blake Bortles question and whatnot, and you know, he might be a future teammate of one of these right. guys. You would expect that that would happen at some at some point over the course of his career, but but like why? Like why do this? Because you know that your team's not going to be happy about it. Your coach, your GM. You know, the front office isn't going to be happy about it. You know that you're going to have to face most of these quarterbacks that you're talking to. Like, why Why do this interview? Can you but, think of And a, you're still suspended for, an, like, you fought your teammate. For talking to the media uh, a different, right? That's no, what it was. he got suspended because the Jags fought each other. No, I thought he got suspended because he well, he said that the media stunk. And he it started with the fight, and then he said the media stunk, and then the Jags, they suspended him for not representing himself as so, a Jaguars player. I believe it stemmed from someone filmed the brawl the other day, yes, correct? Yes, that's what it was. And then on Twitter, he said basically that he wasn't going to talk to that particular reporter right. if they made the video public. And you know, and then he went off on the media. I believe that's what it stems from. If, uh, yeah. if I'm, yeah. if that I'm correct, right. yeah. Um, Here's my question: Can you think of a coach, GM slash president combination that would hate this more than Doug Tom, Marone and Tom Coughlin? No, like this honestly, sounds like like maybe Robert of, Kraft and Bill Belichick. But maybe. then, then again, if this happened on the Patriots, like Bill Belichick he might just cut, cut him. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Like Tom, I can't think of uh, of a coach, president, coach, GM combination that hates this more and will keep the person. Because, like to your point, if this if Jalen Ramsey's a patriot, like he's getting shipped out for a third round pick yesterday. Yeah. Like before this gets published, before, he's getting yeah. he's getting shipped out for a third round pick. But like the Jaguars are going to keep him, and I he's can't their imagine best player on defense. And, like, and I can't, can't imagine that Tom Coughlin's very happy. No, I think Marone would handle it much better. Because I feel like he's more of a player's coach a little bit, in an essence, but he's also a very much a hardo. Yes. I think they're cut from the same cloth, man. I think they're the same person. I think they're the same, they're person, the same just person, like 25 years apart in age or whatever it is. <laughs> um, maybe not They're quite definitely that much. not happy. They're cut from the same cloth. They're, they're not happy. I think they're very similar personalities. I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen. Which goes as a back to my question, this, but like, which, why? Which, yeah. it, which goes back, like, why? Why do this? Like, there's there's a difference between being honest and saying what's on your mind and doing this. Also, doesn't part of you respect that this is in GQ and not like on? <laughs> right. That's the other funny thing is it's in GQ. It's not like it's he's not like, on ESPN he's like, you know what? I gotta get I gotta get my thoughts out to everybody. I gotta get my thoughts out to the people who have no idea who I am, who don't know maybe that Jacksonville has a football team. Like, we gotta get my thoughts out to everybody. Everyone. And he did, effectively Cause you know, so. Because you know these are getting back to ESPN and Sports Illustrated and of Fox. Course, and of course, that's where but I then found you wanna, the article is on ESPN. Read, but then you want to, then you want the people who would just read GQ and don't know who you are to know your to takes. Know, yeah, the writer can ask the question. You know, like what do you think about? And then the answer is, I'm not going there. Like, and, and oh, the, but he went there with he, all. He went there. Every quarterback in the league, yes. he went there. Well, most of them. But I, I just, I, just why, why? Why do it? I don't know. All right, is that all you got for us? That's all I got. All right, we're out of time anyway, so I'm glad that's all you got. 315-437-7644, one final timeout. We'll wrap up the show right after this.